Hello, welcome to WD18, the Watford fan channel. Welcome to another very special video. We're delighted to welcome Mr. Troy Deeney to the show. Troy, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us today, mate. Um, first off, how's it going? How are you doing? Life's good. Life's good. Just working. Um, literally just finished training. Apologies for being late. I don't really do tardiness. That's all right, mate. Yeah. That's all right. How, how are you feeling after Saturday? You recovered? I guess you maybe had a quiet one, right? Yeah, I was at a game with my daughter, so... Um, I didn't do much. I, I didn't want to tempt fate as well um, by planning to have a tear up and all of that before you know the job was done. But the job's done now and we'll enjoy the next two games and then I'm sure there'll be some celebrations around afterwards. I saw you standing on the side as well. What was the thinking behind that? Was it the fact that maybe you didn't have as... Like when you could pay your role to the other, role to the other mm -hmm. promotion in 2014-15, you were instrumental in that. In this one, maybe you took a bit more of a backseat with the injuries, etc. Did you just feel that you wanted to maybe step back and not get involved with it? No, I wanted to be involved in it, but there's an element of, you remember, I read all the shit that everyone says, including you a lot of shit, but I read all the shit that you like say. <laughs> and if I'd have went in there, been at the front of it, everyone would have been like, what's this doing? Mm. And so I just stepped to the side, let everybody else enjoy it. It's, it's their moment. I've, As you said, I've been in this, I've done it. I'm not going to lie, I weren't happy to not be involved. I want to be involved. I'm about... 10 days behind being involved in that match. Mm. So, yeah, I'm pissed off, but you can't be pissed off when everybody else is happy. Like, it's, it's a great moment. And also, it's a little bit like we all expected to be promoted. So, the year we got promoted, it was, it was more like a wishful thinking, wasn't it? No one went, ah, oh, right, this is the year we're going up. This year, if we hadn't gone up, it would have been an absolute disaster. So, the celebrations weren't as big for everybody if you see like Craigie Kafkar, Will Hughes people like that they were having good time but it weren't yeah we've done it it was more like okay job's done what next yeah um, and, and a lot of the other boys deserve it. it's their first time you're Daniel Batman you're a truce to Kongs it's their first time being promoted so I know what that feeling's like it's you can't control yourself so fair play to them all it's everyone handles things differently and I'm I'm going to be 33 in the summer so Having a tear up on the pitch is not really my thing anymore. I know you said like there was the expectation that we get promoted, so it's a bit like, all right, job done. But do you feel like there is kind of not a hint of disappointment, but you did mention a lot at the start of the season, like we want to win the league, we need to win the league, that kind of thing. Is there mm -hmm. an element of disappointment in there that it wasn't as comfortable as perhaps it should have been? No, it's um I think the best way to describe it is you, you guys don't see what happens behind closed doors. That's why I personally get frustrated when things are said on social media when people don't really know the backstory. So without, you know, without giving everyone's story, I can just tell you about mine. I was told I was getting, you know, I could leave and the club were looking to get rid of me. So at that point, I'm not training with the team, nothing. These are things you guys don't see behind closed doors. Then, as the transfer window is near ending... I'm told I'm staying. Four days later, I'm playing with no preseason, no nothing. Then everyone goes, Troy's not as good as he once was. I've trained four days. But then you're expected to get fit, be fit, be at a level that everyone wants. And then you look at a situation like Huddersfield, where nobody spoke to me. I, I literally travelled with the expectation to play and didn't know I did anything wrong. Um saw the manager at the training ground on the bus, all of that, no problems. Get to the game. I don't even get a game. 
I get in my car to go home because obviously I live in Birmingham, well, half and half, but I was going back to Birmingham that weekend. Get in my car, switch on the radio. Ivich has been sacked and it's Troy Deeney's fault. Huh? Does that I affect don't. you, Troy? Does that annoy you? Of course it does, because all you lot go, oh, Deeney thinks he's too good for it. He does this, he does that. And you know what pisses me off even more is I do more for this place away from the football club, away from the football than any of you lot will ever know. And that's the first time I said it. I, I, I don't do it because I don't I want to pat myself on the back. But it, it gets, I do get pissed off when you all go, oh, I think he's bigger than the club. You don't know half the things I do for this place. Mm. Half the battles I'm trying to do and half the things I'm trying to incorporate so the younger kids can have a better chance of flourishing. Do you think we, the last person that came through was Sean Murray? We need to change the infrastructure. Like There's things like that that I'm doing that people... You don't talk about, you do it in the background. And when I did the interview after Arsenal and said, look at all these people that will be affected, everyone said I made it about me, but I was talking about everybody else. You flip it now, I did the same interview, the same style of interview. Look how great it is for everybody. Now look how great Troy is, he's talking about everybody else. It's about people's perceptions. So when you talk about, you know, what I am away from football, yeah, of course I take that personally. In terms of, yeah, just, just on that, you mentioned about Huddersfield and I, I actually remember listening the morning after you on Talk Sport. Do you understand why, that, how do I wear this? Do you understand why maybe fans had that perception of you, regardless of whether it was right or wrong, because they didn't see it and they're only seeing you on Talk Sport, they're only seeing what you're putting out there? But tell me a time where someone, any footballer in any situation has told you the full truth until after they've retired. I have to play the media role. The club put me in front of the camera. There you go. Go and explain that. When we speak, do this. Have my club head on. If I turn around and went, this guy's actually full of shit and has absolutely lied about me. And you know what? I've got a real problem with that. That ties into the narrative that everyone's created when I haven't even spoken. I'm in a no-win situation with that. So all I did was tell you what happened. Yeah, he asked to yeah. speak to me. I went to see him. He wasn't there. We got on the bus. You right, Gaffer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Okay. Walking around the hotel. You right, Gaffer? Yeah, you right, Troy? No problem. We was losing anyway, weren't we? Remember, Huddersfield yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half yeah, time, yeah, I'm warming up going, okay, come, I must be coming on. I think I'd scored the game before. I'm like, I must be coming on. He walked, the assistant walked straight past me to Stipe, get warm, you're coming on. Okay. Still warming up, whatever. Second half, at the start of every second half, you'll always see if you watch the games, they'll always tell three people, you, you and you. It's normally a defender, midfielder, warm-up because probably you're going to come on and then we'll rotate it depending on how the game goes. Told everybody else to warm-up except for me. The whole game. I'm just sitting there going, I've done something. Like, what, what did I do? And then I get, like I say, I get in my car, just said this in the press conference. My agent now is phoning me. Who the f*** is this? Blah, 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 blah. Mate, what's happened? I've literally just got in the car. Is that I the said, first example of anything with, with Vladimirovich? Because I, I know it's... I know it's all in the past now with obviously mm -hmm. having Chisco Munoz is great. Was that the first instant of anything with him? On my kid's life, nothing. I'm not, I did nothing but help him. Mm. I promise you. Even when I thought I was leaving and he asked me to train, I said, look, while it's this situation, I don't know what's going on. Let me stay away from the training group and keep the team focused. Yeah, no problem, Troy. Oh, what, I can't remember what game. I was playing against the team. For the life of me, the team's gone out of my head. Troy, what do you know about this, this centre-half here? I don't really know too much. Ah, oh, he does this. He naturally comes out with the ball on his right foot. And you know what? He'll give you a chance because he always tries to cry it. That Does that sound like someone that's like making problems? No. Ask any, any manager 
any manager, if Troy's been a problem, am I outspoken? Of course I am. We all know that. Do I have opinions? Of course I do. We all know that. But do, am I a soldier? Do I fall in line? Tell me to do something. I'll do it. Even with Malky, even with Doshi, I played left wing, played right wing. I didn't play. Not one of them has ever said, Troy's a bad person. But this person did. Why is that? Yeah. What about um, Walter Mazzari? Was there, was there kind of any parables between that and Vladimir Ovech? We just didn't like each other. Right. We still we respected the hell out of each other, but personalities, just, we, he didn't like powerful, out, outspoken people, and I didn't like people lying to me. It's just a personality clash. But I never, I've never disrespected him, and he's never disrespected me. I just said we didn't get on. That's, that's true. But yeah. I still played under him. I still didn't play. I played. He went. I shook hands. Thank you. Wish you all the best. See you later. That's it. Sometimes you have to be a man and just go like, all right, I don't, I don't like you. You don't like yeah, me. Yeah. Doesn't mean I can, I'm going to be nasty about you or just say things that aren't even remotely true just to paint a narrative because this is what gets frustrated from like your side because obviously you know I do your side as well now with Talk Sport, The Sun and um, obviously my own podcast is dropping. Like, We're going to talk about it a bit, Troy. No worries. I'll give myself a, a seamless plug anyway. I'll do it. It's, um, <laughs> it's what I do. But, um, but what I'm saying is nobody said to me when he said Troy was dropped for disciplinary reasons. Why? Explain. If it's so bad, tell people. Because you can paint me in a proper picture. If I've done something so bad, tell everybody. Don't give them a little bit and then everyone can make their own assumptions up. Like that, I'm not having. And that's why, that's why I spoke out about it. And that's why I was so pissed off. Do you think a sense of honesty has kind of gone in the game now with, with the media kind of playing a bigger role, with the money involved? Do you think a sense of honesty has kind of gone? Uh, a little bit, but then also... It's twofold. So a sense of media, the media, yes, but also from players putting out what they want to put out. So when things are going good, you see more Instagram posts, more things happening. When things are shit, no one speaks. So it, it works hand in hand. And that's why I, I think, I, I don't know if you saw on my Twitter, I laid into someone a few weeks back when I posted something about the kids. And they were like, oh, what about the first team? I haven't posted about football in, our football in about a year, what the f- are you talking about? Mm. Oh yeah, sorry, mate. Mm. Just read, just look at it. Like I don't, I don't do it. I don't do it for that reason because if I score, I go, yeah, I'm great. If we lose, our oh, fans were great. See you next week. It's bollocks. It's yeah. bollocks. Yeah. And you lot can see through it, and I can see through it. So why would I keep doing it? I wanted to, um, Troy. I wanted to touch on Cisco actually, just on the line of managers. Um, it feels like this Watford squad really does kind of uh, respond to. A really good man manager. I think Kike was one of them, as you mentioned before. Mm. Havi's obviously another one. Cisco, Franco, yeah, those mm. those sort of managers. I think not only you but the other players have really responded to. Um, what's your relationship like being with Cisco? He's cool. We're cool because it's <laughs> honest and it's straight to the point. He's great. He really is great. Um, again, honesty, but he's he's played in the game to a very high level. So people. Within anything, it's about respect. And respect has changed over the years about what people identify as respect. But respect is, here, lads, this is, you lot are really good. But at this moment, I'll be playing shit. So let's do this. I want to do this. You've all got to work for me. And we'll figure, it, we'll figure it out together. Even when things are bad, you can still be respectful, excuse me, honest, and, and call people out. doesn't mean you're, you know, you're throwing them under the bus or anything like that. 
but he's a great guy and you know I'd let him talk about what our, our conversations are but we have good respect you know we're both family men both got kids we're not too dissimilar in age believe it or not even though that makes me sound really old but um yeah like we're, we're of the same generation and it just it just works and then you like to see good people win and that's why I'm, I made it a point um on the weekend to, to tell him like well done because he's all about putting it on the players but the same players that play for him were playing for Ivic and it's night and day. We could all see that. So, you know, he has to take credit for it. What similarities do you see with him and the other ones you worked under? Is there any one in particular that he's particularly similar to? Say Kiko first time round, Sanchez, the first time round. Um, more impressionable with people, more personally hands-on and it's not always about the football sometimes. It's about like, like most of our conversations are complaining about our kids. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we haven't saw our kids in a long time, and then when we see them, it's like, oh, I wish we could have a good night's sleep, and you know, just them kind of things. And a lot of football chat, obviously, because we're both, you know, that's what people don't really know. I, I'm, I love football. Like I watch it. I can tell you who's playing in League Two. I can tell you who's playing in Germany. I can tell you who's playing in Sweden. You know, like Chris Wood. I know he just scored a hat trick recently, but top player like you can't get to the level that he's played at do what he does and still be effective if you're not good but people would never put him in a top 20 yeah, Premier League yeah. striker and he, and, and he is currently he is because only 20 clubs so um, yeah I just look at it from a different perspective and we have good conversations about that really and yeah, just just respect each other, mate. That's that's the best way. I'm a massive fan of Cisco. Um, I think that you know, even though we haven't been at games as a fan base, you can just tell that the mood has changed completely. Mm-hmm. Just the way he speaks to journalists in press conferences, the way he, you know, your hug with Cisco at full time that was caught on camera was just brilliant. And was um, that on camera was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh. I generally thought at that point it would have been all on the the players and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to stay, literally trying to stay out of the way. But, yeah. he, he was holding yeah. back the tears on Cisco. What, what would yeah, you he say? Had a, he had a little cry at that point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. What would you say the, the turning point was this season? Because I know we've spoken about the Huddersfield game where Ivic was sacked, but would you say that, you know, I knew you came out the team after the Coventry game with your injury and we changed to the 4 3 3. Would you say that was the turning point? Yes and no. Yes, because it was obvious that we needed to go 4 3 3 to everybody. Yeah. Um, that was evident, you know, trying to play Sar as a striker was never going to work. Like you can see that now at the start of the season, playing five at the back of the championship was never going to work. You could, hindsight's a wonderful thing, obviously, but I think that one was a blatantly obvious, we've got the best midfielders in the league by a mile. Let's get as many of them playing as we can and figure the other shit out around it. But I actually think the Stoke game was more important because yeah, yeah. we hadn't, we hadn't won away and, I think, what was it like? I think it was just a derby game with one, was it? Maybe just one or two wins away from home at that point. And it was becoming a big thing, wasn't it? Because our home record was ridiculous. But it was like, can't win on the road. And that was what was going to f*** us up. And I remember that. It was a really shit first off. We kept playing out from the back and just inviting pressure. And then had a good chat at half-time, everybody. Um, second half, as you saw, was just night and day and we beat them. Your sort of role in this team, and, and we know that you've said that you do offer sort of support here and there, as, as and you have spoken to... to Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. They'll all think I'm a nice guy. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember even in a press conference, just go saying that he'll offer advice to you or he'll come, or you'll go to a game even when you're injured, obviously, as you have done, and offer support not only for the team, but for him. 
do you often put a word in and say, oh, watch that, watch that left back, he's dodgy, or, or are you the type to say something like that? Or is it more, maybe, um, do you take a step back and just offer support instead? No, I'll never, I'll never go to a manager and tell him what he should do. Never right. do that. Literally, like, that's what I'm saying about respect. There's a chain of command. Yeah. Somebody asks you your opinion, then you give it, obviously. Troy, they play out from the back. They go to the left back a lot. What do you think we should do to counteract that with our current players? This is who we've got available. What do you think? Because I'm doing my badges as well. I'm doing my coaching badges as well. So, again, I'm not always looking at it from a player's perspective. I can take myself out of that. And one thing that will never, ever be said about me is I love to win. I don't do losing. Even when we, even when we lose the uh, FA Cup final, 6-0 and get spanked. Who's, who's the mug who's there standing talking to people? Who's the mug doing the... Who's the one doing the press conferences? Me. I have to front it. I have to say, oh, yeah, it was shit, but we go again. All summer, just literally being a... To my family, like, we're on holiday and they're all like, you're a miserable... I just lost 6-0. I want to play again. Do you get what I mean? So I always want the team to win. And the last six years, I've always wanted this... I want to leave. And when I leave, this club is 10,000 steps ahead of when I first came. That's what I want, whether I'm involved or not. That it, it continues to grow, and I think. What does look that look at, like for you? What, what would that look like? Man, there's no ceilings on it, is there? There's no ceilings on it because when I came, you got to remember there was 19, 20 players. Mm. Eleven of them were youth products: Michael Bryan, um, Dale Bennett, Matty Witchlow, Ross Jenkins. I'm on the bench with these kids. That's a throwback. And I literally <laughs> went. You know, the first day you turned up, I'm like, I'm old, yeah, I'm 21, I'm old. What's that mean? Um, and we had three stands. Everyone forgets, like, short-term memory. Like, we had three stands up until even the Leicester game. We still had three stands. That, that stand was con- condemned. So, eight years ago? Something like that. And, like, look how far it's evolved and been, and, like, and I've been a part of it all the way through. Whether yeah. small or large, I can turn around and say I've been a part of that. The historical days... Any big game you could talk back into, I've been involved in. Sure, I wanted to ask you, just in terms, you mentioned the club evolving. Um, as a fan channel, we often get, well, we speak to a number of different fans, get opinions and stuff, but one oh, I question... See, I see it all, don't worry, mate. One, one, <laughs> question, one question I wanted to ask you is, how do you view your relationship with Watford fans? Great, why wouldn't it be? The interesting part is when, when you're not playing. Yeah. That's the best part. I generally, I can tell you this, Hand on heart, I watch everything. I see all the shit everyone says. It is what it is. It's an opinion-based sport, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, and the difference is you like only see, I wouldn't even say half the glass, like a third of the glass of what actually, you see a match there, you don't see the shit that goes on in training and before games and things like that. So I don't get too mad at it in that regard. Um, sometimes I'll get frustrated when I'm you know, playing with things that are broken that should be, shouldn't be playing with. And everyone goes, ah, he's shit. Like that, that frustrates me. Does that drive you? No, it frustrates me because I know for a fact if certain people had half the injuries I had, they wouldn't be playing. So that Coventry game, I played with it, a tour Achilles and a tour calf that has kept me out for four months since. But I still played. Still Was that the, the career-threatening one, Troy? Yeah, that's it. But what I'm saying is I, was, well, I already had it before that. I was just carrying on. Yeah, And then if you remember in the first half, a guy lands on my ankle, it rolled out. That was kind of the breaking point. But I still finished the game. 
and hit the bar, I think, towards the end. I was due to play against Bristol, but I was like, the pain was too much. I need to get this checked out. And we find out what we find out. Throughout your career, do you think there's a sense of proving people wrong? I mean, from, from the earlier days in prison to, you know, you said that when Zola came in, you were told you were fifth, sixth choice striker. Seventh. Seventh choice striker, I'd, yeah. I had Steve Bellick ahead of me at that point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then... <laughs> What are you I laughing can't... so much for, Jacob? No, 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 no I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> do, you think, do you think there's a sense of proving people wrong that drives you? I mean, throughout your whole career? Yeah, but it's changed over mm. time. Because if I wanted to prove people wrong and, and prove, like, my numbers do that. Yeah. I could start playing today and my numbers do that. But can you ever, you do, you ever, do you ever feel like it, it's a bit like the world against Troy Deeney at times? Yeah, but I bring it on myself most of the time. <laughs> yeah, like, I can pick my. I can if I'm having a bad day, like or I'm playing shit, I'll just go through Instagram and find six things that'll make me train harder. Like that, it's easy. But the brilliant part, what I want to do, what I will do. Now let me change that. What I will do when I do what I'm supposed to do in the coming weeks and months. I just bring up all the shit everyone was saying. Because I screenshot it. I see it all. So when you all turn around and go, oh, Troy's great. There you go. You didn't say that then. Hmm. But the thing is with a fan, and I've been a fan, you can change your opinion weekly. I just think you can't always please everyone. So don't even try. And what I've done now is start proving myself right. If you'd have said, never mind all of the like my early life stuff, which is coming out in my book, by the way, another shameless plug. If you look at it from my early career, I remember being with Daishi at a fans forum. Can you remember it where it was when that geezer said to me, um, who's going to, he asked Daishi the question, who's going to score all the goals now we sold Marvin Sordell? It was in King's Langley, in this little boozer in King's Langley. Ask him what I said there. I said, I'll be a legend and I'll score all the goals. Don't worry about it. Was so I wrong then? It's always been there. From, from minute one with, with your career and from day one? because No, mate, I'm, I'm full of shit. I, but I basically put myself under so much pressure that I have to deliver. It, it was something I saw when you were at Walsall and I just found it really, really interesting where it was, you said that your team, this is obviously, this is what the report says, so you can, you're welcome to say any of it. It's probably true, so go on. Yeah, said some of them are happy to just pick up their money. When you play against, no, no disrespect to Leighton Orient, an average team, it's made us look worse. Um, if I had enough money, I'd give all the sports their money back, but I don't earn enough. We've got very important games coming up. If we play like that against Colchester, we'll get whacked. So I've, all, I've always been a big mouth <laughs> since the start. Then, basically. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? Yeah, because you know what? Like Again, going back to early years, like again, half the stuff I've been through, the average person wouldn't, go, wouldn't be able to come out the other side of it. Do you know what I mean? So... Like I say, read the book. There'll be there'll be some stuff in there that when you read it, you'll go, "Oh wow, I can see why he's how he is." But football's easy when you think about it. You win, you lose, or you draw. That's it. There's no other bullshit in between. You win, you lose, or you draw. What a fan wants, because I've been a fan, I've travelled. What does a fan want to see? Someone try his hardest. That's it. If you're not good enough, they'll tell you you're not good enough. But they'll put up with it if you're not good enough and you try your best. That that's that's how simple it is, and, and I knew that from a young age. So um, when someone offered me the opportunity to play for Warsaw, 
and have a career as a footballer and get paid to play football when I was messing about doing everything else I was doing as well as trying to be a builder. Come on. Mm. There's only one way that's going to happen. Mm. I, I literally, and that's why I say, you'll never outwork me. You can be better than me. I'll, I'll happily say there's been better players, there's been better people, but you won't outwork me. That won't happen. Is it maybe to your detriment at times? Do you overwork yourself maybe too much at, at points? Don't know. Possibly. But at the same time, Great, great question, by the way. But at the same time, if I didn't play every time I felt summer, I'd probably play two games a season. So it's understanding what you can play through, what you can't play through. Um, we actually sat and figured it out because I was having a bit of a bad day. Two days ago, actually. I was a bit pissed off because I was training and weren't hitting the, the speeds I want to hit. Um, and we sat. And the last time I played a game uninjured, have a guess how old I was when I was that. 26, last time I played a game. 26. The year I scored 25 goals. Did we finished 13th, 14th, I think. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the last time I played a game without an injury. Wow. It was that season. So, realistically, like even when you're playing through the pain, the following years when I'm scoring and everything's good, no one gives a shit. But when it comes down a little bit, as it should do, because a fan won't see all the jobs, but as it comes down a little bit, they go, oh, he's not as good as he was. I see all the covers. He's not as good as he was. I oh, know he's only a leader now. I'm like, oh, okay. In these games, and I'm coming off and happen to ice my knee straight away, and people are going, oh, he's played for the pain. Well done. But the second it's negative, it's like it's it's tenfold. And I'll be honest as well, it's changed with the since the taking of the knee stuff. A lot of people's anger has come out in different ways towards me, and certainly towards Dre, but certainly towards me as well. So that's changed people's perspective. So it is what it is. You understand that it's not always about football. Um, and also in a year and a bit time where people's lives have been stopped, you know, you guys have managed to keep the channel going, obviously, because you can do it through Zoom and whatever. But when you when your life's stopped and you're at home and you're fed up, because we've all been fed up at some point, there's going to be, if you support Watford, there's one big person who's always talking that you can probably get at. So I understand it from that perspective as well. I don't take any of it too serious because if I took it too serious, I'd probably end up in trouble again. One thing I wanted to touch on, Troy, just you mentioned over the last year and it was actually, if you don't mind me talking about it, is your, is your mental health because I, I watched an interview with um, Alex Scott and you mentioned that you've been seeing a therapist and she opened up about it as well. Um, I think even you mentioned about speaking to I know Tommy Mooney is at the therapist. You spoke to Tommy Mooney when things yeah. aren't going well, and just mm -hmm. just over like the past year, how how has your mental health been? Has it been has it really fluctuated? Has it been worse than usual? Has it been better? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's fluctuated. I think at the start of lockdown, well, I only I've literally only told one person this, so I'm gonna tell you something. Else. Start of lockdown, actually, at the Crystal Palace after the Crystal Palace game and during the Palace game, I had COVID and I didn't even know. Um, and I played through COVID in, at the Crystal Palace game when we lost 1-0 just before the shutdown. Yeah. So remember, we played Liverpool and then we played Palace. I had COVID in that game. And I, didn't, I didn't know, I just thought I had a cough and whatever. And then obviously when in, everything got shut down and I was literally in bed for two weeks and then I had an interview with CNN from hospital. I was actually in hospital on a drip. Was that with Darren Lewis? Was it with Darren Lewis? I think, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was in hospital. If you pull that video back up, I'm, I'm on a drip in, uh, in hospital at that point. Um, I had kidney problems. I was pissing blood a lot. And this is all from COVID. But obviously, at the time, I didn't know what it was. Because if you remember, it was always like um, you, had to have a you had to have all three, like a temperature, 
loss of smell and all of these different things. And I only had like one of the, t- the three. So no one really knew what it was. And yeah, that, that proper like me up at the start. And then obviously when it come back to Project Restart, without trying to feel sorry for myself or get that sympathy vote, I was like, look, some of the things aren't necessarily right here. Can we make sure everything's right? Because obviously my son had, was born and he was got some breathing problems as well. So I was like, can we make sure everything's all right? I got hammered for that. Hammered for that from Watford fans to Joey Barton to everyone. But again, behind closed doors, if I told you what's really going on, everyone would have went, oh, yeah, I understand that. But I don't want sympathy. I don't want anyone's sympathy. The people that need to know knew about it. And some things you just have to crack on with. It's just that. Like I remember people saying, what did Joey Barton say? Something like, um, if I was Troy's age... I'd yeah, want an extra year on my contract or something. And I was like, well, first of all, I got enough money. I'm, I'm good for money. Financially, I'm good. Trust me, I'm, I'm a good boy. Like <laughs> Second of all, if it was, as you've just said, from the age of 21, all I've ever wanted to do is play football. So why would I now at 32 start going, oh, my career's over? Because even if I went at Watford, I'd just move to another team. So like, it's just the things that people were saying were so like, and that leads into what we said earlier, like, People just say things out of frustration without actually logically thinking what I'm actually saying here. They're just typing shit and just saying stuff, but then they'll see me face to face and be like, oh, Troy, you're right. Can I get a picture? And I've got to put the, I've got to put the nice guy hat on there. There was the whole null and void, which obviously people tried to run with and tried to make it a headline where it's all Troy Deeney thinks Liverpool shouldn't win the title and that's not what you've said, obviously. So, not what I said. Not, yeah, not remotely what I said. Exactly. All I said was... And the thing was, again, I'm just giving you exclusives because I actually want to give people some context for once. But when that happened, again, I did that interview in hospital. I got released the day that came out, so three, four days later. Then we had Troy said Liverpool shouldn't win the title. What? I literally, bear in mind, I'd spoke to Van Dijk with the um, Delefeu situation, like reached out to me like, Troy, can you pass our best wishes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, cool. Then all this is coming out. But me and Jordan Henderson have been speaking all, like weekly in regards to this project restart. So I've literally phoned him up at like half 10. Bear in mind, I'm on a little bit of an oxygen thing that's going through my nose. And uh, I'm like, dude, like I didn't say that. I've got respect for everybody. Like, I don't ne- I'll never say something like that. And he was like, oh, Troy, we, we saw that. It's a bit strange because, you know, we were always cool. And I said, listen, if I've got a problem with anyone, I'll tell them. The shit I said about Arsenal, you ever heard me say sorry for it? That one moment in that one particular time I was asked about, and I said it, I've never apologised for it, and I won't apologise for it because that's my opinion. But when people get a line, make it a headline, and like people try to do it on my Instagram Live, you was on it, Jacob, because I saw the WD18, I see it in there. But you know when it's like somebody said about Mazzari or Ivic, and I made a joke, and then I actually answered the question. People try to run with the joke as that was like a headline that Troy's, Troy's going to do this to Ivic. I'm like, what? Yeah. Sat in my house having a laugh with fans, like just chatting. But these are the, these are the lines and the lessons you learn as you, as you get older that like you literally have to watch every single thing that you say. And it, it's really difficult because you want to be personable. You want to have an interaction with fans. That's what football is all about. As you saw with the um, Super League stuff, it's about interaction with fans and, fans having a voice. But at this moment in time, we try to suppress what players say because it won't fit in with the PR structure of it. It's, it 
it's hard. It's hard, mate. You, you mentioned uh, taking the knee a couple of minutes ago. Um, and we got this whole social media boycott coming up in the next couple of days and more and more talk about next season. Do we carry on taking the knee? What do you think needs to be done to, you know, stamp out this problem completely? Because from my perspective, and I know it's easy to say this, you know, from a privileged white male perspective, it can be difficult to wipe out the problem completely. So what do you think can be done to get rid of it, you know, to the best, to, to, uh, as much as you can? The thing is, this is that's, that's a great point that you just made there. It will never be eradicated. That's, mm. that's the point. It will never be eradicated. But what what gets me frustrated is when people, when we, when the players give money to the NHS, was there an outcry? Was there an uproar? Was there people questioning why we're doing it? Because remember, when you talk about Black Lives Matter, it was about politics, it was about all of this. But a mm. politician called on footballers to do something, is that not politics? But nobody ever looks at it from that perspective. It's all right for a politician to come out on news where he's meant to give us all a headline about frigging COVID and the daily news and Footballers need to do more. Now, that's making football politics, isn't it? But when you take the knee now, we shouldn't be doing that because it's politics. What do you do think about that? the players who are like, like Wolf Zaha? He's, he's now standing. Would you, each to their would own. You, would, you be, would you do that? Me, no. That's but Each to their own. But the difference between me and Wolf is I'm in these five-hour meetings on a Wednesday night, frigging talking with government, talking with FA, talking with... He's not in those meetings. He has a perspective from what he sees. I know that the legislation changes I'm trying to, uh, not just me, by the way, a lot of people are trying to change. It's a five, six, seven, eight-year plan. Like that, that's not going to change overnight. It's long, it's tedious, it's boring. Mm. But you have to be willing to sit through those meetings and have those inputs. Now, is there short-term changes that could happen? Of course there is. Of course there is. You saw what happened with Ian Wright and the guy that, the kid that hammered him and did all of that stuff online and said all these racist abuse. He got let off. How is that acceptable? How is it that, and I spoke to Thierry Henry recently, another shameless plug, by the way, but I spoke to Thierry Henry recently, <laughs> and he, um, he made a great point. If you try and play a song now, Jacob, on the intro to this, let's say a Justin Bieber song that's copyrighted, Instagram Take one, you you yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you can, you can call somebody an N-word. You can call somebody a P-word. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, where's the logic to that? Like, there's short-term changes that could be done really quickly. And listen... You said a thing here, Sam, that, that makes it relevant. It's not about, not ultimately all about race. It's about discrimination across the board. Yeah. But what's happening now is there's getting rungs of it. So there's, there's, there's men, there's women, there's gays in the community, there's Asians, then there's blacks. That's how it feels. So all we're asking to do is just be brought up to the same level as everybody else. No one's saying change the, the ladder, but blacks at the top and just bring us all up to the same level. Yeah. And then we can work, we treat everyone the same. Then we can work out who's racist, who's indifferent. And also we've got a cancel culture at this moment in time. People don't want to actually have their argument as to why they don't want people to take the name, why they, you know, their actual true thoughts to it. Because it might be that, you know, I just think that they might think it's politics into football. Okay, but I give you the other opinion, what I've just said. You can agree to disagree on that. But now, because it's so cancel culture, you're either a racist or you're all in, but it can yeah. be. There has to be conversation. There has to be, excuse me, narrative where you can you can argue, and and have discussions and understand. From I don't understand your world. I don't understand how it how much time it takes to do a, a YouTube channel. And people won't. They'll think you just set up this computer in your room, talk shit, 
throw it out there, it's done. But it's not that easy. It's editing, it's thinking of subject matter, thinking of titles, thinking of, you know, taking taking it to the games. Do I remember when you was doing it against um, Spurs? Well, after uh, the header, your header. Two, two years ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago. What, the one where you... Um, yeah, we, yeah, me and Craig, you scored. Yeah, Cathar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying, but like... Even from then, I've noticed who you are and what you've been doing. But what I'm saying is, you've developed over three years to get to this point. To other people now, they've just come onto it and gone, ah, oh, he, he's just privileged. Like his, his mum and dad must have bought him everything. The club must be giving him content. And it's not. You've done it. It, it takes hard work. So the same thing happens in loads of different reasons. But just let's just have a conversation and let's move forward. And as a club, I think we're always one step ahead of everybody else. I don't, I'm obviously biased because I'm here, but did great work with the We campaign. We're still doing that work. We're doing work internally. We've had fans that have been caught and we've put on workshops. I'm actually talking to a couple next week, having conversations with people. It's not like, like I say, it's not like, oh, you've been racist now. Troy's going to go, ah, jump all over down your throat. That don't work because I've made more mistakes than anyone. I will continue to make more mistakes than anybody. Let's talk, let's develop, let's move it forward. And that's all you want, for, like I said, for the club, but also for society. Let's just keep moving forward. You're on the PFA Players Board now. That, that's sort of a fairly recent thing that you've been sort of, I think, is it like an election-based thing where you sort of put on there as, as part, of, um, yeah. part of that? So is that linked with the same thing? You want to have these discussions, have these conversations about this and try and make these changes? Is that the reason behind it? I'm all about accountability. That's what I'm all about. So to keep it in football, if I'm shit, Troy needs to be accountable for that. Why was Troy shit? Is he past it? Is he not training properly? Is he injured? These are the things that I do just for me. But the PFA, in my opinion, has been doing nothing for a lot of time, for a long time. So there's an opportunity now for me to have a say and hold people accountable. Okay, all I have to do is put my name onto something and see if I got voted in. Literally on these things, everyone put their um, mission statements, like... I don't know. Where's Morgan? I think I'll be good at this because I'm coming to the end of my career. I can have more time, blah, blah, blah. Everyone did it. Mine said Troy Dini. No name. I don't need to say anything. Mm. You know what I stand for. You know who I am. Vote for me or don't vote for me. doesn't change my day. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. But people voted for me. And you know how many people went? It was refreshing to not see bollocks written down. Voting, because I know you know what I stand for. You know we've we've followed you since you came to the club in in 2010. Just finished your 11th season. Um, what does the future look like for Troy Deeney? So it's amazing, right? People go, he does that talk sport. Do you know Monday is my day off? Monday is my day off, and I do this whole big talk sport show. Do you know what time I finished? Latest, 10 a.m. I've got a full day. Imagine that. I've got a full day that I can what still time do. What time you get things. up? 3:45. <laughs> Yeah. Rough. It's worth it for Ali McCoy, though. <laughs> but I'm never. But what the thing is, I'm never late. I've yet to miss a show, and it's an experience. And if I turn around at the end of it and go, it's not for me. It's not for me. All right. I don't see it as a loss. And also, we do it. We're, to, we're talking football now. I'm, but I'm getting paid a lot of money to do it. All right. Go on then. I'll do it. And then we got to a point where I could work from home. So I literally had to wake up at frigging five forty-five and go downstairs. Okay. I'll, I'll do it then. That's not a bad gig. By the way, just to remind people, because I know everyone's short-term memory, I can still play football, you know. I'm not bad. <laughs> and all that, this, all that this has done is let other injuries heal up that I had. And now I've got one that will hopefully, if going as it is, it will act, act like I never had an injury. So next year, 
well, I'm playing again this year, but next year will ultimately be about proving people wrong, proving myself right. I still love football. I'm 33 years old. People talk about me like I'm 39, like 33. We've known players that play. It's just the thing is, it's a youthful game now. I understand that. So when you've got Ismail Asar who's running 40 mile an hour down the wing, <laughs> are, are people going to like that? Of course they are. Of course they are. But the, the, enjoy, the enjoyment I take from it is like everyone acts like only Troy scores penalties. Does, does Ivan Tony score penalties? Armstrong score penalties? Did Saar score penalties? Did Pedro score penalties? It's only Troy that takes penalties there, apparently. But in, a, in, a, in, the, in the framework in which we have played in, in the 4-3-3, it's not designed for a striker to score or have 15, 16 chances a game. Do you get what I mean? It's more designed for fingers to be introverted, getting on the back of it. And we play so so quick with Saar getting in behind that there's not many people, not only in our team, but in, the, in this country that can keep up with him. It's brilliant when people go, oh, but Troy's never in the box. Watch a game. I'm always in the box. But in certain games, obviously, notably Preston at home, one of my earlier games in the season, I score, set assist. And everyone's going, oh, Lee, that captain is great. And it's like, even I'm going, it's bollocks. I was crap in that game. I was actually crap. But you score and you assist. And it changes everyone's, you know, analytics of the game because you've got these two good uh, markers against you. But sorry, I've gone off topic to what you actually asked me. But I've still got a contract. I'm still good. I will be proving myself right. And I've got a chip on my shoulder now. If you thought I had a chip on my shoulder before, I've got an even bigger one now. And just, just, to, just to wrap up, Troy, just on the podcast, you, you name-dropped Elton on that, on that live with your mates, I think. You met, I've seen a, seen a selfie of AJ as well. Well, are you, are you suggesting that um, it could be good? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it could be good. It could be good. <laughs> what, when, when is that? Are you allowed to say it when land, that's coming yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, it, lands on, it lands on Friday. It lands on Friday on Spotify. Nice one. A few other nice few issues with iTunes at the moment on their side, not on my side. They're doing something with their podcasting, streaming. I think they're changing it to visuals as well, a bit like what okay. Spotify have done. So yeah, it'll yeah. be coming on iTunes probably a week or so later. But now we've got a, we've got a good good first guy, uh, little go at it. I've got, um, I got some good people coming. Let's put it that way. Would you consider inviting Vladimirovich on there just to talk things out? <laughs> Sam, we're having a good chat. Why are you just making feel awkward? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you know what? Like, sorry, sorry, just to answer that. I don't have I personally don't have a problem with him as a human being. I just have a problem with him lying. Hmm. So if you wanted to have a conversation as to like, dude, why are you lying for? And we, we sorted that out, there'll be no issues. I'm Mate, I'm going to be 33 in the summer. I'm too big. I've had too many real-life problems to worry about someone's opinion of me being bothered. Like, let's just talk it out. Have fun. I'm a changed man. I'm all about positivity and trying to win. And Love it. That's it. Sorry. Top, a bit boring. Like, no, sorry. mate. Troy, absolute pleasure, mate. I really do appreciate taking the time out to speak to us. I know you're a busy man. So, no, no, man. I appreciate, top I appreciate man. you guys as well. And keep doing the good stuff, man. It is good. Even when you hammer me, it's good stuff. <laughs> 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 I'll see you all, don't worry. Really see you later. Thank you. Thank you. See you later.